Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 194. I have two amazing guests on today's show, Sean Hart and Seth Stevens. Sean and Seth are the authors of Private Label Millionaire Secrets, a book I have read and enjoy. Uh, they're veterans in direct response marketing and the co-founders of PostPurchasePro.com. Sean and Seth, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Carlos, for having us. Seth and I are stoked to hang out with you today and uh, jump into some amazing content for Amazon sellers all over the world. I, I think I'm going to really, really enjoy this show because I, I, I think that my secret to having succeeded so far on Amazon is a healthy dose of just marketing. And every time I've spoke to you guys, the, the dread, that M word comes up a lot. So I'm, I'm, I love the marriage between the two. I don't think they should have ever been separated. I think that's a big flaw that a lot of uh, current Amazon sellers have. Um, but I, yeah, I I'm stoked for the show. We we've, we officially met at, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Brandon Young's Top Golf event at yes. the last Prosper. COVID has my, my <laughs> wires did, crossed. Like, we did, and, right? And, and what kind of uh, drew me to you was you're the only other person that I have ever met that said, I've sold exactly 17 businesses just the same as us. So when you said that, I knew I had to uh, get to know you a little better. K kindred spirits. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. It's amazing how addictive that can be, right? It is. Uh, even though you're authors um, and have, uh, as I just mentioned, a lot of, of expertise in different areas, um, we actually share another passion, which is email. Email marketing. It's by far the most profitable part of, of my business. Um, and I'm going to say it's somewhere between 40 and 46% of a little shy of 50. I'm under 50% of where most of my sales come from. Um, I don't know if you guys know the percentage and I won't put you on the spot for saying it, but it's powerful. We share it. And people, when they put that in the same sentence as Amazon selling completely freak out or get really uncreative as I, as we said before the recording, um, what when did you guys first learn about email marketing? Like, let's start there. And why are you so passionate about it? Very good. Shall I, Seth, or do you have this? Hey, Sean, you kick it off. <laughs> All right. So in my past life, Seth actually worked as an intern in my marketing company. And back in 2011, I exited that business. But part of Seth's job was he worked with my daughter and my personal assistant and some other folks that we trusted. Um, and this is going to date me, Carlos, but he was actually attaching real live dollar bills to sales letters, old school Gary Halbert style. Well, in that business, we had an email list of about 70,000 customers, which sounds like a lot. But for that particular business, we're doing 27 million a year. It was kind of a small list. But what we found is that every time we'd reach out to that list with an offer for our physical product, we would generate about a half a million dollars in revenue. So obviously, I reached out to that list every chance that I had since we were selling a space heater, Carlos. It was a seasonal product from about November until February. So when Seth and I jumped into Amazon, he actually reached out to me after he finished school and said, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. What do you have going on? Well, um, I was playing around with Amazon in late 2013. Seth and I met up. We joined forces, decided to create a business that would specifically leverage the Amazon platform to create and grow physical products like private label brands. And then our whole business model, Carlos, was to grow those brands 
to a level that we thought was mature enough to sell because we're not seeing easy double-digit uh, gains every month. So in that process, we launched a product called Original Bamboo Pillow. Well, we had always, from day one, Carlos put a huge amount of effort in creating a relationship with each customer. And I had no idea, my friend, that other Amazon sellers were not putting a lot of uh, weight into nurturing the relationship. So one of the first things that we did that got us using email for Amazon was we had a warranty registration card for our bamboo pillow. Well, Charles Livingston, which you probably know, he's the, the founder of Life Boost Coffee. He's a neighbor down the street. He walks into our office in 2014. Funny story, but true, and, and, and it's hilarious. He sees this stack of warranty registration cards on the desk in our reception area. And just, you know, passively says, exactly. He goes, what is this? And Seth goes on to explain, well, Charlie, uh, with this pillow that we're selling, you know, it's hard to get launched and ranked. So we're collecting customer data so that in hopes uh, later, we will send an email asking for a product review. And Charlie's like, oh my gosh, do you have any idea how valuable that is? And what happened, Seth? Yeah, so Carlos, we... um we turn it over to Charles to do our first email campaign. We're like, Charlie, show us what you would do because he's, you know, he's ringing the cash register every day in his business using email marketing. So he creates our original bamboo pillow brand avatar and sends out the first email for us. And Sean's getting on a plane as he's refreshing the sales and our sales spike up by like 10, 15, $20,000 in one day from one email. And it kind of just like reignited that, in us, like, hey, we can use all those same direct response um, type of marketing efforts that we were doing in the heater business. We can use that in Amazon because, you know, no one was thinking along those lines in 2014, Carlos. So it kind of changed the game. We said, okay, if we can send one email and generate an extra $20,000, $22,000 in sales in one day, then what would happen is if we did this for all of our products. So, so we went to work um, kind of rolling that out, building a customer list, nurturing that relationship. And then it kind of got us hooked um, in 2014, Carlos. I, I love it. Uh, what, when you had those insert cards on the floor, <laughs> I was doing the money sign here on the video for anyone that's looking. I, I smelled it coming. The was the insert card so that you could do, you were going to like send them a, a letter in the mail to, to try to get the email address or did the, did the, did the insert also ask for their email address? And if so, what email technology did you have in place to reach out to them for a review? <laughs> Great question. And uh, makes the story even more fun. We were actually just taking those warranty registration cards. And one of the ladies that worked in our office would input those into a Google Sheets where we were just collecting this database. We didn't do anything with it, but our intentions were to eventually send an email asking for a uh, product review. Charlie took that entire list in a CSV file and put that into MailChimp, I believe, where he created our brand avatar, sent out an offer and created that 20 plus thousand and windfall in sales for us in one day. And the beautiful thing about that is that not only were we able to do that anytime we like, but Charlie actually sent out affiliate offers in the same email for like protein powder through a uh, affiliate network called BioTrust. And Seth, today we still get payments from those emails that went out back in 2015, 2016, 2017. We're still getting paid on that. That's the power. And you ask about a, a, a percentage of sales, Carlos, 41% of every single dollar that we've ever generated on Amazon has come from existing customers, repeat orders via email and text marketing, 41%. So you're right on. 
Yeah, it's 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 an amazing thing. I I hope everyone keeps saying that it's dead at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be getting together to talk about exiting the twentieth at this rate yeah. if they just keep yeah. ignoring it. What? So, Car- Carlos, uh, one one thing to add there is we didn't kind of realize we knew like what post-purchase marketing did for the heater business. You know, like Sean said, every time he would send out a postcard in that business, he would generate $500,000 in sales. Well, when we started sending traffic back through email, um, once Charlie showed, or Charlie showed us um, the power of using this applied to Amazon, we didn't know the windfall that we were getting into because what kind of happens is when you send that traffic back to Amazon, Amazon knows what quality of traffic they know, what type of person's landing on their listing. So they can see this person that's landing on this original bamboo pillow listing is a legit buyer. They purchased before they have a prime account and they're back on the listing. And most importantly, they came from an external source. They weren't searching around on Amazon already. They actually came from an email and landed on Amazon. Well, what happened was Carlos, we didn't know that the, um, the search term ranking was going to be so influenced. So we land all that traffic back on our search res- or on our listing and we move up the search results page. So we start getting more sales and, and sales increase just because we sent the email. So not only did we produce the $21,000 in sales, we produced way more than that ongoing because of the keyword ranking um, increases. We didn't know that at the time, but looking back on it, we were able to figure out, oh, that's why we were able to grow so fast because Amazon's rewarding that activity the entire time. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. You, you yeah. don't even have to do any more emails. And like, I, I don't even want to call it a halo effect because that seems temporary, but it's like this forever everlasting halo effect that you get uh, after that. Uh, a question. So you guys exit or, or Sean, you exit the business uh, from the numbers you were saying earlier, it had to be a really sweet exit. You, you retire. You don't strike me as a type that would just totally retire. And then also Seth, did you start selling an Amazon? Because it sounded like when you guys connect, somebody has Amazon experience at this point. Okay. So let me go back um, to answer your question. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Travis McGee series of the, uh, you know, the Jonathan McDonald novels that took place in Fort Lauderdale, just North of you. So I do remember the protagonist there, the character in the book would take his retirement in installments. So I sold my first business at 27 and retired. That lasted about six months. I sold my next business at 36, which was the cedar business. And I took about two years off because we had three little ones in diapers. The stories in the book, uh, private label millionaire secrets, the, the business was valued at 30 million, but I sold majority interest for 13 million and decided, okay, I'm taking some time off. Let's go enjoy some life. Seth actually saved me. You know, I was bored out of my mind. You know, once once the kids uh, had their diapers changed and they were in bed for uh, evening, I didn't have anything to do. I'm not a TV watcher. You know, I've always been a student of business and marketing. Seth saved my life with a text message that, hey, do you remember me? I worked as an intern through your PA and I'm looking for a mentor. Well, at that point in time, I had been selling on Amazon, selling rubber band bracelet making kits. I don't know if you remember the rainbow loom from 2012, 2013. So the Amazon opportunity, Carlos, was presented to me in a way that, look, you can find a generic listing on Amazon, piggyback that listing with your own product, share the buy box, and you know be successful at it. So I looked at the rainbow looms that were selling for $20, $25. I knew I could source it in China for a buck fifty. So I jumped in and had, um, by the time I talked to Seth, I had a, two or three Amazon accounts, and I was piggybacking, if you will, generic listings and sharing the buy box with the other sellers. And Seth said, what are you doing? Well, 
I'm a little bit embarrassed. You know, when he was under my employee, I had an 80,000 square foot building, 140 employees. We had a call center, fulfillment center. Now I'm selling rubber bands out of my garage on Amazon. It was a little embarrassing, but Seth was patient and he said, so is it profitable? And I'm like, well, I've done 250 grand in sales in the last three months. And this is, you know, fourth quarter of 2014. But Seth started looking at the numbers and said, well, I can see the opportunity, but I don't know if you're profitable. So he goes back to his cubicle at Simon property. He was doing uh, commercial leasing for Simon's. And that night he calls me and says, okay, so after lunch with you, I went and set up my seller account. I listed something for sale. It already sold. I'm going to go to UPS and ship it tomorrow. We need to talk. There's something here, right? Yeah. So the, um, the opportunity was, was huge. I mean, 2013, you can see that you're able to generate sales. Now we, now what we had to do was figure out a model that would scale. And shortly thereafter, we kind of got the idea that, well, we hated kind of sharing the buy box with all of these other listings. We didn't want to get one tenth of the sales. We wanted to get all of the sales. So we started creating our own listings because that's the way that we can control the pricing and the buy box. We didn't really think about this branding aspect. Well, fast forward a few months later, creating our listing own listings um, turned out to be the right move. And we started spinning up these brands. We now have created over 53 brands, Carlos. We sold 17 of them, as I told you. We launched more than a thousand private label products of our own kind of uh, in the course of all of this business. And it was, it was an amazing ride uh, starting in 2014 and um, fast forwarding through those years, Carlos, we um, not only built all those brands, but we were able to take um, a lot of the people to China. I don't know if you want to jump into how we kind of got into the uh, China business, Sean. That depends on our host. I want to hear it. I'm just geeking out or I'm just missing popcorn. I wish I would have got my, this is good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I love the knockoff of the Netflix and chill sign behind you, by the way, we're watching. <laughs> so Seth, uh, you know, was a natural cheapskate fresh out of college. He was in the process of stuffing his mattress full of money. You know, I always made fun of him because his checking account had a one-way valve, you know, it only receives deposits. There's never a withdrawal out of there. So 2015, we set out in our second year together to launch one product on average per business day in 2014. So the goal was, and, and we did this, 350 new product launches in 10 months in 2015. So in March of 2015, I call Seth and I said, hey, listen, I'm gonna need to go over to China and source some products. You know, I just can't do this fast enough uh, working remotely. And uh, I'm gonna take off and do that in, in a couple of weeks. And he says, well, that's fine. What do we have to budget for that? Now, keep in mind, we had about, at that point, we were rolling 900000 to about a million dollars worth of inventory every month. So we were counting our, uh, our pennies and trying to stay on top of it. And I said, well, it's going to cost me 10 to 12 grand to go to China. And he's like, 10 to 12 grand. He goes, I'm looking on Google flights. I can see a flight to China round trip for 800 bucks. And I said, Seth, I'm almost seven foot tall, man. I can't ride to China and coach. So it's going to cost me 10 grand, maybe 12. So I thought about it and I said, here's what we'll do. We had started this meetup group, um, nowhere near as amazing as your meetup groups, but it was uh, Amazon Sellers Alliance. And I said, we have about 40 members in there. Let me just send an email and I'll invite 10 people or no, I'll invite five people to go with me and charge them $2,000 a piece. I'll show them how to source in China and teach them some Chinese business culture and that'll pay for my flight. All right, done. So I sent out the email and that five people became 10, became 20. And so my first trip in March of 2015, I ended up sitting in Ewu 
with over 40 Amazon sellers and I'm pouring my heart out and teaching them how to find opportunity, how to vet the, the vendors, how to negotiate, how to export from China, import into the U.S. And um, since then, we've taken well over a thousand sellers to China. You know, I partnered up with Ben Cummings and Amazing and uh, Rapid Crush. So that kind of uh, led us to this following of Amazon sellers who, who really trust us when it comes to making recommendations for other uh, vendors or, or agencies, service providers in our market. So that's kind of, that's what you wanted me to say, right, Seth? <laughs> yeah, God, I, I'm still on launching a product a day. That, that makes me, that makes me want to grab my Advil. Like that's, <laughs> you're, right. you're, you're not, you're not on that kind of pace anymore, right? No, what? no, 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 no. So the first year on Amazon we did uh, was about 3 million in sales Yep. in 2014. Now remember I was playing around selling rubber bands in 13 and 14, January 1st, I came to the table with $50,000 worth of inventory that I had already paid for. Seth kept his job for the first eight or nine months and his was sweat equity. So I put up 50,000, you come in, work the first year for free, year two, we'll start paying you a salary. So about nine months in, he put in his, uh, his notice, he got married, bought a house and quit his job all within like a four day period. Uh, my wife even had a party, it's called the uh, unemployment party. So first year we did about 3 million. Second year we met up with our, with our uh, like internal sort of like focus group or steering committee, like friends and family. Seth brought in a CPA. I brought in my old business partner and some trusted friends. And we set out to do 50 million in sales the second year, 2015. So we came up with this figure, we're going to need to launch 350 products. So that's about one per day. Um, just to satisfy your curiosity, we did not hit 50 million that second year. It was about nine, if I'm not mistaken, but we launched one product per weekday for 10 months. It was ridiculous but we had nine people, Carlos, working in the office. So literally I would find opportunity, order samples, and I would uh, put those samples in one box from our, our, uh, one of our sourcing agents in China. Every week, Seth would open the office and he would have a box of samples. So we had a photography department, a list building department, and then they would build out all these listings and start selling FBM all while the inventory was being, it was all small, lightweight stuff all coming well, in via air freight, like, you know, mouth guards and sleep masks and things like that. Well, well, at that scale, you have to have it in-house. It'll be more affordable and it's the only way to control it. A question, if you can share this and if you guys remember, um, 3 million and you go to 9 million, those are both great numbers. Do you, do you recall what your, your profit margins were? Seth, I guarantee then? he knows to the penny. <laughs> That's what he does. So, so the first year, Carlos, we made about $900,000 out of the 3 million. So we were really, really profitable. Oh, wow. um, the second year we did triple the business, but we only made 1.2 million in profit. Um, you know, so but you, we, but you built out a team, you, we you built, out, built a out a team, you took on a yeah. lot of staff, yeah. but we made a lot of mistakes because we launched so many products. So then we kind of refined our process for 2016 and beyond. And we said, okay, we kind of learned a lot. We learned so much launching so many products that we don't need to buy so much inventory. We can launch with a smaller quantity, get a read on that market, and then only roll out the uh, the winning products. So in 2016, 17, 18, all we focused on was identify a winning product. And then as soon as we have the winner, build a brand around it and then sell off the brand. So we, we became a brand factory. Um, 
you know, every year we were selling multiple brands where we, the, our whole model was this, Sean would identify an opportunity. We would test it on Amazon to see if it would get easy traction. If it did get easy traction, like the original bamboo pillow did, then we would build an entire brand around it. So for instance, the shredded memory foam bamboo pillow in 2014 and 2015 was an easy product to sell for us. We were able to launch it and create sales. So we created this brand and we started launching products to fill in the gaps for the brand. We would, we would sell uh, wedge pillows in that brand. We would sell maternity pillows. And then once we had that brand packaged up, then we would spin it off and sell it. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it worked. So Carlos, uh, just let me uh, interject there that we talk about this extensively, which you read the book, Private Label Millionaire Secrets. We call it creative cloning. So basically what we were able to do once we identified a successful product, and this would be a great takeaway for your audience, instead of going out and looking for something new, we would leverage all the data that we had already identified and, and saw in that particular market. And then we would clone our success by spinning off other versions of the exact same product. For example, we would launch a pizza cutter. And this is just an example. We didn't actually sell pizza cutters, although we would have. Um, but maybe we sold a pizza cutter. As soon as that thing got to be successful, then maybe we launch a New York style pizza cutter, exact same pizza cutter, exact same packaging, different UPC code. And then we did launch a Chicago style pizza cutter, a Marine grade pizza cutter, an RV camping uh, friendly pizza cutter and that type of thing. So what we were effectively doing was talking to a specific segment of a pizza cutter audience with a listing that answers the question they're already asking inside their own mind on Amazon. And we were able to take up all of this extra real estate on page one for the keyword pizza cutter or any other keyword that we decided to rank for. Do you understand? And were these all in different accounts or you ran them all under one account? This would be under the exact same brand, same product, same inventory, just a different UPC. Uh, at the end of the day, what we wanted to do, and, and I think I give an example in the book about a dog collar. So let's say if your product is ranked well for dog collar or a dog leash, I'm sorry, if you were selling dog leashes and you're ranked for dog leash, what if I go to Amazon and I'm looking for a dog leash for my German Shepherd? Well, the idea that we proved to ourselves was if, if the dog leash is selling for, for say, $14.99, but I had a German Shepherd dog leash with a picture of a German Shepherd wearing my dog leash, it satisfies the curiosity, scratches that itch for that particular consumer, and I'm able to sell instead of $14.99, $19.99 because it eliminates the need for any further research. So then we have a Rottweiler, a Black Lab, a Golden Retriever, a Yorkie, that type of thing. That's what we call creative cloning. And it's, it's, one, of the, it's, it's one of the levers that we were able to, to pull that, that created the, the maximum amount of sales growth and profits for us while other sellers were out there looking to relaunch and launch a new product like we did in 2015, 16, 17, 18, we would just take all of our winners and we would feed the stallions and starve the ponies. So it sounds like I love the gobbling up real estate. I feel like a lot of people used to do this in a much weaker way. I'm sure you guys remember it was popular to say launch. A, well, you mentioned Ben Cummings. You might be familiar with this one, uh, an air raider. And then six identical air raiders, but all under a different brand, taking up real estate this way. But the products weren't really different at all. In this case, you're at least speaking to a different audience with the pizza cutter and all these different types of pizza cutters. By the way, it's making me hungry. Um, <laughs> talking about the pizza thing, a, a question. Well, it sounds like, did, Seth, did I hear you say earlier that that first business you exited, 
the first Amazon business? So you were exiting before it was popular or yes. when did that happen? So the original bamboo pillow business, we, we got an offer in 2015. Um, and actually Carlos, one of the biggest drivers for that business was two strategies. It was the creative cloning. So our very first listing sold about $30,000 per month. So we ended up cloning that so many times that we took up eight of the 16 listing or listings on page one back then. And we did about $300,000 per month um, with that same product basically, but it was marketed slightly differently, just like you said. So our pillow was an adjustable pillow. So on page one for the search term bamboo pillow, Carlos, because that's what we were easily um, able to rank for, we would have side sleeper bamboo pillow. And we would have back sleeper bamboo pillow and we would have stomach sleeper bamboo pillow. So we were taking up all these spaces. That way, anybody who hit the search term bamboo pillow had a very, very strong option to choose us. And so we cranked that up to about $300,000 per month in sales. But all the while, we have this insert card that's collecting a list for us. And so we're able to take that list and then market to them again and again and again. And the most amazing thing about that business, Carlos, for me was we were able to use post-purchase marketing, which was capturing the customer's real email and real phone number, and then create more sales. And what we always kind of assumed was when you sell somebody a bamboo pillow or a bed pillow that they're going to use on their bed, maybe they'll buy another one to outfit their bed, but that's about it. But for us, we were able to sell some of our customers 27 different pillows, 26 different pillows, 25 different pillows. And you start thinking about it, well, maybe they're giving them as gifts, or maybe they have a guest bedroom, or maybe they have an RV that they're outfitting. And then you just, and then we start studying the data and the data shows that the product that somebody is most likely to buy from you again is the same product that they already purchased from you. So then we started looking at every single customer as more traffic and more sales. So we started sending more and more offers. And so we actually exited that business. We got an offer in 2015, I believe, Sean, if, if I can remember, it was 2015 or 2016 for $3.3 million on that pillow brand. And that was one of our first brands. Um, so moving kind of through time, Carlos, we sell that business and we discover this other um, strategy where we kind of stacked up value in the listing. We were able to create an offer on Amazon that did not compare to anything else in the search results. And what that looks like is, you know, when you go to Amazon and you search for, say for instance, pizza cutter, if you search for a pizza cutter, most likely it's kind of a, co a commodity product. And as you scroll through the search results, you see all of the, the products look about the same, they're priced about the same, but we create an offer that is totally different. And we use affiliate offers to make the value proposition totally different. You want to walk them through that, Sean? No, no, no. I think, no, we'll make time. I'm, I'll side message my wife or something. If you guys got the time, I got the time, but yep. I wish you guys lived in Miami. I don't think I get any work done. I'd want to just geek out about this stuff. I'm one short flight away. All I need is an invite, pal. You got, you guys got the invite. <laughs> All right. I want to come to one of your meetups. So yeah. Seth and I are just in love with marketing. We love to leverage direct response marketing in a way that other sellers are not even thinking about. And it's all about like, if you read it in chapter four, I know Seth has one of the books there in our book. It's all about making a moppy offer. And that is an offer that sounds too good to be true. An offer that stands out above all others and screams, hey, I'm the obvious choice here. Click me, buy me. And we do that by stacking up what we call uh, or using what we call a value stack inside of our listing. So what we're doing, let's take the pizza cutter, for example. Let's say you're comparing two pizza cutters side by side, Carlos. This pizza cutter or pizza wheel is, is $12.99. This pizza wheel is $5.99. 
Well, obviously the price uh, forces you to pay a little bit more attention, right? They look the same, the price is a little better. So we're, so what we're doing and what Seth's talking about is twofold. Number one, we create a more valuable offer by stacking it up with something else. So we may go look at Domino's Pizza, for example, and Domino's is running a special for the next six months. For every email submit, we can give away a free medium pizza. So if everything's exactly the same, right? And you're selling, you say, okay, I buy this pizza cutter. What no. do I get? I get? I get the pizza cutter. If I buy this pizza cutter, I get the pizza <laughs> cutter and a free pizza. Boom, we make an offer that can't be refused. All right? So, yep. Yeah. Go You're ahead. communicating that on the Amazon listing. Within the bullets it, and, and an image would say free pizza with each purchase. Now, here's the, here's the beautiful thing. Not only do I make an offer that can't be competed with, I put so much pressure by adding value that you would feel stupid, as Alex would say, right? We'll talk about that later. You feel stupid choosing any other. And what, what happens is you buy the pizza cutter, then you opt in through an insert that helps me build a customer list so that I can send you your free pizza offer. You go to Domino's and collect your free pizza. You're happy. And guess what? Domino's pays me one to $3 for giving you a pizza. And, and you're not breaking any rules there because there's no way to send you the pizza, the value that Amazon wants you to give value. There's no way to provide that value without that information. So as long as there's no, like there's, as long as there's no sneaky, like extra email that gets triggered saying, Hey, please leave us a review. No, you're, you're good. You're golden on that. Right. And you're, our, yes. Our, our list, Carlo wow. says this pizza will not be delivered with your order must be redeemed separately. And then what we're doing is we're forcing you to opt in and then your opt in helps us collect your email address so that we can provide better customer service and more value. Domino's gets a new customer for marketing. Amazon gets a sale. You get a pizza cutter and a free pizza. We make one to $3 commission and we command more attention on our listing. That's marketing applied to Amazon. And if we were doing this as a coffee product, it's Starbucks gift cards and, <laughs> and all, it's endless. Where, where are you? Where are you finding the affiliate deals? Like I would have never put that together, but I also, I feel like I know a bit about affiliate stuff. I'd never remember seeing that. So um, for your audience, if you would go to offervault.com, offervault is a aggregator of affiliate networks. So what they do is they put together all the offers into one platform where you can search for it. So if you go to offervault.com and just search for the keyword free, you'll be you'll be blown away by the offers. You can give away coffee, razors, Nike socks, Burger King value meals, uh, red lobster gift certificates. I mean, all kinds of things that you can pair with your product. And what you're looking for is something that obviously resonates with the market that you're already serving. When we were selling bamboo pillows, we would offer a sleep mask for free to get you to opt in. Then we would use that opt in to launch our bamboo pillow. So, so while your competitors are looking at your listing in the 599 pizza cutter thinking, oh, this is just some race to the bottom PL inferior quality seller. They don't, they don't see the brilliance behind it. Cause after the domino kickback, you you're above break even there. You, you might, I, I don't know the, the economics here, but you might be, you might be even better off if you sold it for 1099 after Amazon fees. Well, we're breaking even and adding a little bit of profit, but more importantly, we're building a list so that we can launch our pizza stone, which is highly competitive, high MOQs, high barrier to entry. So if you're buying a pizza cutter, you probably like pizza, right? So I can probably sell you a pizza stone or any other uh, pizza product. And how are you? So you're cross-selling in a sense there. So you're 
pizza stone would be much bigger if I'm remembering what pizza stones look like too. So, so how would you walk me through that uh, before? Otherwise my mind's just not going to be able to ask questions and I'm going to be trying to like connect that okay. together. What walk me through that. You have a pizza All cutter, right. you have a pizza stone and you know this before you launch either one that you want to launch, you want to get into this. So let's say I want to sell the pizza stone. You know, my cost is about $4. It's selling for $30, but it's very heavy. It's oversized. It's very competitive has a high MOQ. It has to be ocean freight. It's just a headache. So instead of me jumping in and launching the pizza stone, I'll go launch the pizza cutter first because it's already being purchased together with the pizza stone and will create such a tremendous amount of value in that pizza cutter listing that it demands attention, converts like crazy and builds a massive list that we then use to launch our pizza stone. It's just, it's, it's fundamental marketing applied to the Amazon platform. It's, it's not magical. Uh, for our pillow business, like I said, the pillows were, if you if you go to Google Trends and search up bamboo pillow, you'll see that 2014 was that peak in the bamboo pillow trend. It was super competitive when we tried to launch it. So one of the ways that we used to kind of circumvent getting into that, that huge, highly competitive market was that we sold a, a cut and sew sleep mask dirt cheap so that we would demand buyer attention. We sold about 250,000 sleep masks. We built a 50,000 customer list, about 20% opt-ins on the sleep mask, and then use the customer list to launch the pillow where we make the profit. It's a longer game, but it builds a list, which is a super valuable asset to any business, especially in direct sales. When you marry this to Amazon, it becomes this, this thing that changes the world for a seller, right? But, but in reality, what we're talking about here is we're getting two foundational things. Amazon likes external traffic. They like conversions and they want with their customer centricity, they, they want value, value, value. On, on the other hand, they, you have marketing fundamentals and you're just, you're just marrying the two. Am I understanding that right? Right. Exactly. Carlos. So if you, if you kind of think about what Amazon rewards, they reward conversion, but they also reward traffic and where it comes from matters. So we had this conversation with an Amazon executive and we actually have a recording of it. Sean um, had to distort the voice so we could play it because they didn't want their identity to be revealed. But basically what they told us, which is what we had been seeing all along, is that the source of the traffic matters and high quality external traffic landing back on your listing pushes you up the keyword rankings, even if the traffic does not result in a sale. So you don't have to create a conversion to create more ranking. All you need to do is get that traffic back there. So we look at Amazon as a profitable acquisition channel where we can capture the customer data and then send that traffic wherever we'd like. So if we're capturing a sleep mask customer, um, if we have their email and we have their phone number, and if we send that same customer back to Amazon to our pillow listing, we get rewarded. We go up the search results and Amazon gives us more sales because we're showing up higher in the search results, right? Uh, whether or not, that sleep mask customer purchased the pillow or not. So it just becomes this self-reinforcing wheel of if I can capture a customer and send them back to Amazon, then I'm going to win. And then you start looking at Carlos, a lot of people in direct response marketing track lifetime value of the customer, but a lot of Amazon sellers don't really think that way. But if you're looking at your A cost for acquiring a customer on Amazon using sponsored ads and you're spending 100% of your sale price, normally that's a losing proposition. But if you're capturing that customer data and you can send that customer back to your other listings and have them buy from you three, four, five times, now when you start to analyze it, you said, 
I did not lose money there. I actually sold to that customer multiple times. I actually made $20. And then that allows you to spend more money in the marketplace, acquiring more customers. And then your business is over overall able to grow much, much faster. Does that make sense? 100%. You're going to make me go in and make some major changes to the way I'm doing stuff on Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to model that, right? It's not steal it, model it. I'm going to model it. The, it would have surprised me. Yeah, let, let's... Post-Purchase Pro, postpurchasepro.com. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? And in case you're not going to mention this, can you mention something I, I discovered online um, on YouTube called Audience Alliance? Oh my gosh, you let the cat out of the bag now, brother. <laughs> so no, no need for a follow-up uh, sequel. So Post-Purchase Pro is basically the culmination of all of the uh, direct response marketing that Seth and I has applied to our Amazon business. And like Amazon alluded, or Amazon, like Seth alluded to, instead of going out and paying to acquire new customers, what we're doing is leveraging the Amazon platform as a profitable customer acquisition channel. We don't have to go out and pay for ads. The traffic is already on Amazon. If we can capture and funnel a percentage of that traffic over to our listing and use fundamental marketing practices to build a customer list, then effectively we can make our business more valuable. We grab more customers, we make each customer more valuable through post-purchase marketing, and we keep them in our funnels longer. 41% of every single penny that we've sold on Amazon has come from existing customers through post-purchase marketing. So Seth and I sold our final Amazon brand in early 2020. It was a weighted hula hoop. Um, I think the brand name was what, Dynamis, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. You can check it out. It was it was a small deal, it was like 450K, uh, hopefully the the uh, limitations and run out on my uh, NDA there, but um, that gave us the bandwidth to, to focus on, um, you know, not only spending some time with our families, but what do we want to do next? So as I'm traveling cross country in a motorhome, social distancing in Montana, which has been popular there since like 1700s, Seth keeps calling me. He's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, I'm old, Seth, leave me alone. I'm enjoying my family time. He's 30 years old, you know, so he wants to get busy again. And he basically says, listen, the one thing, that one thing that set us apart from all of our peers and all of our competitors on Amazon was the fact that we always put a tremendous amount of effort in creating a relationship with the customer. My previous business, Carlos, would not have existed. That heater business that I sold for $13 million, without back-end sales would not have been profitable or even existed. And Seth's, you know, identified to me that we had put a tremendous amount of effort in creating this relationship right out of the gate. Unbeknownst to us, Amazon sellers were not doing that. While other Amazon sellers are fiending and living off of that traffic every day from Amazon, we're creating a real brand, a real audience that we can launch and relaunch to and, and orchestrate sales. So short story long, Seth said, hey, let's reach out to a couple of our old coaching clients and see if they'd be interested in us doing post-purchase marketing for them. So Seth reached out to 10, 10 out of 10 said, put me in coach, I'm ready to go. So what we did was we took all of the post-purchase marketing that we used in our own Amazon business and we plugged that into other Amazon sellers, completely done for you from A to Z product. We call it, you know, you can't say product insert because it's got a bad name. And the only reason it is because most sellers are using it against terms of service. We call it an attention getting marketing device. We create that. We create the customer acquisition funnel. We write the email sequences. We manage and we harvest and manage and maintain the customer list. And we do ongoing marketing completely hands-off for Amazon sellers. 
So what that brought us to Amazon, Audience Alliance, after we've worked with over 300 Amazon sellers all around the world in almost every category you can think of, Seth said, finally, we have enough data. Finally, we're looking at about 13.6 or so million Amazon shoppers, legitimate shoppers, not guys in Bangladesh getting paid to add it to their wish list, but real shoppers like me, like you, Carlos, like Seth. And now we have over 13 million of those, million of those through our other clients who have, who have opted in to share that through an alliance with other sellers. What this means, and I'll have Seth elaborate on it from a high level, if you come in to our program and you join Audience Alliance, it's not required, it's optional. But that means that you are forming an alliance with our other Audience Alliance members where you can send my promotion to your list and then I'll send your promotion to my list. And the beautiful thing is, Carlos, is that my list and your list don't overlap. So when I send your promotion, it's coming from my email address, from a brand and an email that's already known, liked and trusted, then it gets opened, it gets engaged. It's a warm handoff. It's like, hey, look, I know you love my pizza cutter. Check out my buddy Carlos sells kitchen knives. Here's a great offer for you. We highly recommend it. Go do it, Seth. And this is what the big yeah. boys are doing too. Like you, you see this, like that's what they're doing. They, they come up with these deals with each other and they, as long as it's coming from the, the email that they know, like, and love and trust, then that's a huge, huge advantage. Yeah, it's a warm handoff, Carlos. So think back to when we kind of discovered this for ourselves in 2014. We had a pillow um, buying audience and we sold them protein powder. We didn't just say, hey, BioTrust, email our list. We said, we know, like, and trust this other brand. We're familiar with them. We're getting great results with this protein. You should um, check out this protein as well. And so when we did that, we created a lot of sales for protein powder to people that were interested in buying pillow products. But what we're able to do in Audience Alliance is even better than that because we have so many clients and they're in all different categories. We're able to match up avatars. So we can say client number one is serving people interested in kitchen products and they are selling them pizza cutters. But client number 57 is also serving people interested in kitchen products, but they're serving them with, you know, you name it, lemon squeezers. And so then we're able to cross promote with a warm handoff and we can say, Hey, Carlos has an amazing product. Um, and if you um, would like to buy a lemon squeezer, then Carlos is your man. And we make that warm handoff. And then every single month, Carlos, this is the most amazing part is that we have so many clients in such a big audience that we're able to get your products exposure to brand new traffic. And the best part is that it's all high quality external traffic, the real Amazon shopper. So like I said, even if I can just get that traffic to land back on your listing, you win with extra keyword ranking. So audience Alliance is something we're super passionate about. It's taken us a year to get all the details, right? But now we're rolling it out and, and our clients are crushing it as you can imagine. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to talk to you guys offline uh, uh, or off recording uh, about. I'm about to launch another brand called Fish Doc, just because I I don't find myself unable to uh, not launch brands. So it's a uh, in the aquarium space dealing with like water treatment and stuff like that. So I'll definitely be reaching out. Maybe we could do like a case study or something. I, I want to document it. the whole process um, sure. of what I'm doing. Um, how can people get a listeners? 
right? The one or two, right? That listen to this now, <laughs> how can listeners get a hold of you guys to discover more about post-purchase pro ask you guys questions as well as, you know, probably figure out what, what, what sort of investment they're looking at with working okay. with you guys. Yep. Fair enough. So, uh, one of the things that Seth and I do each week is like you, we put out a, a weekly podcast. It's called the post-purchase podcast where we talk specifically about marketing as applied to Amazon sellers. And we talk about strategies like here today, Carlos, that you might not hear anywhere else. Um, that's if you just want to absorb more content and, you know, learn passively at postpurchasepro.com, you'll notice that our program, the done for you service is right now closed to new clients. We actually have a pretty extensive waiting list, but we are onboarding new clients every day. We just have to build the infrastructure, kind of building the plane as we fly it. We're only in our second year now. And you can imagine with something as amazing as what we're offering, everybody wants in. So not everybody's a great fit. We can send you through a, a, an intake process where we can take a look at your business, see if it's a good fit for what we do. And if it is, then we would, uh, we would allocate one single account manager to get on the phone with you and talk about that. So any chance there's like a wizard code we can drop to skip a few people in line or <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> there is. Can we, uh, we'll come up with something specifically for you after the call, but I don't have it sitting in front of me, but like, sure, if you sure. go right now, it says sold out, which it is, but yes, we can squeeze some of your audience in if we have to, if you want to twist my arm. Um, but basically, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, Carlos, we can't multiply zeros. If you already have a reasonably successful business, you're making consistent sales every day, then we can increase that for you. It's not like a, a lifesaver if your business stinks or if your product sucks and you got terrible rankings. It's not an easy button. This is something to make a good Amazon business even better and more profitable. And at the end of the day, more valuable, which as you remember, is our entire model was to grow the business and then sell it. I love it. Seth, you want to add anything on that? He's dying to. <laughs> well, I, ha I had something to, uh, to add to your last comment, Carlos, but now I've lost it. So um, if you go to postpurchasepro.com, like Sean said, it's going to say we're temporarily full. There's a button there that you can hit learn more. You can fill out your information as um, space comes available. We're, we'll reach out to you. See if you're a good fit. Like Sean said, we, we can't revive a business that's, that's dying or, or is dead. Um, if, you, if your product doesn't, isn't great and you don't get great reviews, it's probably not going to work. But if you're growing and you have a decent product and you want to grow faster and you want to build a real asset and own the traffic instead of having to pay for all of your traffic, then I think Post-Purchase Pro might be able to help and we'll take a look and let you know if it, it'll work. I'm excited. I'm excited to work with you guys on some stuff and lipstick on a pig never works. So like it definitely <laughs> has to be something um, that is working good. Did you say your podcast was called post-purchase podcast or was it post-purchase pro podcast? Post-purchase podcast.com. Okay. So I'm going to make sure. Add, okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. So to add to what Seth's talking about there, a lot of folks are going, Oh, this is against terms of service. Like we talked about before you hit the record button, we're going to activate and trigger some of these people out there. So, Oh no, no, I've heard about this. Here's what we're doing, Carlos. And it's not magical. We're coming from a position of value. If I put a attention getting a marketing device into your product, it's not about me, the brand owner. I want to enhance your experience as an Amazon buyer. I want to show you the top three mistakes that you should avoid when using our product. I want to show you how to get the best results when using our product. I want to show you how to extend that warranty and join our VIP club. It's always giving, enhancing the customer experience and creating world-class uh, customer service 
not about supporting the brand. And that's where sellers get it wrong. It's like me, 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 me. Here, join my list. Here, get a free product for a review. Here, do this for me. Do this. You know, it's not about you. It's always about the end user. And it's always about providing better customer service, lowering bad uh, reviews, eliminating returns, and making sure that the end user is happy with the product. Amazon loves what we do. It's not against the rules to add contact information and packaging. Every single major consumer package product for sale on Amazon has a URL or an email for questions or answers on the package. That's not against terms of service. What's against terms of service is asking for reviews, manipulating the review process, circumventing Amazon's sales process. Here, let me take you to my Shopify store, you know, just between you and me. That's against the rules, guys. That's going to get your account flagged and shut down. All you want to do is give value and then the customer list will grow naturally. Your good reviews will grow naturally. Your returns will, will uh, be less and less as time goes on because you're foregoing those upset customers by providing more value and showing them how to use your products safely. Yeah, you, you hit it on the head. I, I definitely, it's definitely value. If I thought this was even... If, that, if I thought this was even a dark gray hat thing, I, w- I wouldn't have it on the show. We would just talk about it over beers. I definitely find this to be white hat. I agree, though, that there will be some people that are triggered and probably won't read the whole title. They're just going to see email and Amazon together in the same sentence. I highly suspect these are the same people that have been saying that email is dead for the last 20 years. So if you're not that person, then um, this, this episode has been a ton of value. It's, it's impacting how I'm going to do business and and I consider myself a successful seller. So I really hope that listeners will, will, will know this as well. We're, we're pushing up against this time. So I want to do this really quick. What are your guys' favorite books and why? And I will let you get on with your day. Let me just steal the show because, uh, Seth also has a favorite book. Alex Hermosi in his book, $100 million offers has absolutely transformed the way that we do business every single day. In fact, we force every employee to read it and take notes on it. And we compare our notes as we read it together. It's transformed the way that we do business. Alex is an absolute genius. His brilliant ideas on marketing and customer acquisition have just gone above and beyond anything I've ever seen. And it's in such an easy to read format. And then to echo, um, you know, the book comment there. So if you're an Amazon seller, then my favorite book would definitely be the private label millionaire secrets. That's our book, you know, shameless (laughs) plug, because this is everything that Sean and I took the last nine years to learn and we put it into a three hour read. So if you've got three hours or 99 cents to get it on Amazon, uh, get the Kindle version. And I do not think you're going to get a higher ROI on your time or your money because it's so cheap and it took us so long to learn all these lessons. So if you want to grow your business and grow your sales, private label millionaire secrets, that's what I would say. Love it. You guys are awesome. You blew away all my expectations. Uh, I went a little bit over here. I know this is a longer episode. It was a ton of value and it's a lot of stuff. Somebody could just legitimately listen to this and be able to execute on it. Anything that we didn't cover is definitely in the book. Um, I seriously doubt people write books like this with all this value to get rich. So this is just a pure, like paying it forward kind of way, grab the book to support them so they can just keep paying it forward to other people and learn how to do this in your business. Also, definitely check out Post-Purchase Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Carl.